The Medicare annual election period deadline is coming soon. I'm Meredith Vieira, here with examples of people who found the key to the right coverage at MyHealthPolicy.com. Meet Larry. He likes doing things online. I took my time and found the best Medicare Advantage plan for me at MyHealthPolicy.com. Next is Mary. When she wanted answers, she picked up the phone. I wanted a local perspective on plan, so I called MyHealthPolicy.com. And finally, Michael. I prefer face-to-face, so I chose MyHealthPolicy.com and enrolled on the spot. Go to MyHealthPolicy.com to learn about top-rated Medicare Advantage plans in your area, including $0 premium plans, or call 1-800-GO-START. That's 1-800-GO-START. MyHealthPolicy.com. Meredith Vieira is a paid endorser. KF Agency operates MyHealthPolicy.com, not connected with or endorsed by the U.S. government or the federal Medicare program. A licensed insurance agent may call. Welcome and thank you for joining us today. You're listening to Society Bites Radio and I'm your host, Dr. Richard Himmer, along with my lovely bride, Sherry. And this is Authentically You, social interaction for the mind and soul. For the next 25 minutes, we talk about healing and growth from the inside out. Remember, you are 100% responsible for your happiness, joy, and well-being. So, Richard, we've been talking about family gatherings and expectations that go with them around the holidays, and sometimes that can be a stress for people. And it's so common when I talk to people, the reaction, the emotional reaction about getting together with the family, yeah. it's, it's almost without um, exception that people feel a degree of stress about the potential gathering. And I got this uh, one writer who wrote in and said, my uncle is a bully. Mm-hmm. He's mean, critical, and sarcastic and thinks he's funny. And immediately, immediately, I was going like, oh, yeah, I have that, or I had that uncle, too. Yeah. And it just is so common. She went on to say, he teases me and my sister constantly during the holidays, but my mom makes us go. Yeah, what do we do? Gatherings. What do we do? Right. So sometimes there's a toxic person that we have to deal with when we get to these gatherings. And we could use some help with that. We could use some help and understanding what's okay for us to be able to help ourselves in those situations. So let's first describe what's going on. We've got a food issue. Right. We have family of origin dysfunction. Mm-hmm. And this is uncle. Let's call him Uncle Bob. And, you know, sometimes those behaviors just get amplified because we're all together. And so, therefore, they have an audience to be sarcastic and mean and play off everybody because – they get a little kick out of that. Well, not only that, but you're a captured audience. Mm -hmm. Where are you going to go? Right. You know, I know some people move 1,800 miles away just to get away from that kind of stuff so they don't have to deal with it. Others are stuck, right? So if your perception, and it's a matter, is that you're stuck and you're in this house for a really long time, Uncle Bob's going to be able to take advantage of you because you're just easy bait. He can come after you and he can grab you. So let's go over a case. And right. hopefully not literally. Well, sometimes that was the case. Sadly, but. that's that's still going on right today. So we're going to talk a little bit about. Um, we're going to do a case study. It's a business setting, but it's applicable to a home setting as well. It's under the guise or the principle of civility with boundaries. We're going to do our best to be able to, to address that. So we're doing a case study called Fred and Nancy. 
So when we're in these tough social situations, whether they're family or work, what we're looking for is a way to have a boundary with somebody and to do it in a nice way. Yeah, well, I would argue that the word is should be civil, not nice. True. Nice people get walked on. Nice guys finish last. They're doormats. Our goal is not to be nice, and our goal is not to be liked. You're in a family setting. Blood is thick in a family. So the idea is you're not going to the family to get the three eights, which I think we've covered, but it's affirmation, affection, and approval. That's not your goal at the family function. Your goal in any setting is to take care of self, to keep yourself, and this is called well-being, so you're safe physically, you're safe emotionally, and you're safe spiritually. And there are that's three main abuses that we get in the world. And I would add that if you're a parent, that also applies that you have that responsibility to make sure your children yeah, are even, safe physically, emotionally, all right. since and we're, spiritually. We're one upping, and you can up to me the other night, I remember. Yes. That. But <laughs> since we're one upping, it's also that you have to take care of your spouse. So, what if you come into your family dynamics and you completely expose your spouse to something that he or she is completely unfamiliar with? Just be mindful of it. It's not your job to hover over them and right. develop them. Right. It's to be mindful of be what's aware. going on, mm-hmm. right? So they're protected. And if they, their temperature starts raising, if yep. they're moving from trigger to flooded, it can be a base of action. Pre-plan what can be done. Now, the first time you may not know, right? So let's do this case study, Sherry. If you want to be narrator, I'd appreciate that. Mm-hmm. And then I'll take on the role of Fred. And you take on the role of Nancy. Okay. So clarity and communication is so elusive because our current paradigm surrounding the purpose of communicating is to get others to agree with us. To some, words, whether written or verbal, are means to a specific end. I want it my way, or you need to understand me. When one communicates with the intent to persuade others toward a desired belief or action, that belief or action comes from the position of seeking agreement. And this is also a food. We Mm -hmm. learn this type of behavior from our family because we can't get ourselves inserted into a space. So we maladaptively then start mirroring the very environment that got us to feel uncomfortable. Well, and one of those major dysfunctions that happens in family is that someone is stuck on that I have to be right and I am always right. And therefore, it's going to trip everybody in their path. That's a major addiction that goes under the radar because it's socially acceptable. The agreement-seeking position is fraught with danger. Consider the work situation between Fred and Nancy. Fred wants Nancy to crunch some numbers so he can look good to upper management. He typically panics when pressed and puts other people in distress mode. Nancy is frustrated with Fred's constant panics, and she is resistant to the late nights and weekends in order to save Fred's reputation and perhaps position. Fred's problem has now become Nancy's headache. To complicate the situation, it's Nancy's 10th wedding anniversary, and tonight she has a dinner appointment with her husband. We're going to go straight through, and then we'll come back and make sense of it. Okay, so let's go. Nancy, I hope you didn't plan anything tonight because you were working late. But Fred, I'm always working late. I'm tired and need a break. Can't you get someone else to help? Perhaps I didn't enunciate clearly. I just received an email from corporate that our project is being reviewed next week. I need those numbers right away, and you are the lucky one. That's not fair. Why do I always have to work late? Can we do this tomorrow? No, you can't. Because if we don't get the numbers right away, we are all in trouble. 
And if I'm going down, so are you. But it's my 10th wedding anniversary, and I've planned a special dinner at our favorite restaurant. That can wait till later. You're going to postpone your dinner until the weekend. Tonight, you've got other plans. Okay, let's make sense of this. There's a lot of dynamics that just happened. You want to be able to make sense of what just happened in that space. So let's review this. Did Fred create safe space in the beginning? Nancy, I hope you didn't plan anything tonight because you're working late. Well, he threw this major stumbling block at her. I mean, it's an, like an assumption that you have to do things my way or it's the highway, basically. So he's agreement-seeking, walking in. Mm -hmm. Again, keep in mind the food issue. Fred didn't just learn this as a manager. He's been doing something similar to this, and the environment in which he worked is giving him permission to be more yeah, uncivil. He's, he's probably been rewarded by complacency of others. So what did Nancy do? Because Fred's clearly walked in and violated a boundary. Well, she kind of whined right back, like, I always work late, and I'm tired, I need a break, and so isn't there someone else? Is that know? civil? Is there a boundary? Or is she going into what we call a victim? No, she position? sounds very much like a victim. Okay. It's always me, right? And Fred comes back. Perhaps I didn't enunciate clearly. Now, that's safe. He's coming in and just, you know, so manipulative, so condescending, oh, I would say. domineering. Yeah. Domineering. So he explains what's going on, saying that, you know, we have to get these numbers done. There's no collaboration at all. And he then sarcastically says, and you're the lucky one. Then what's Nancy doing? She whines again. But she's really withholding what it's her priority. And that's that, you know, dinner date with her husband for their anniversary. Yeah, so so she hasn't. She hasn't been clear in that or upfront. And and I would argue it may not even be necessary. That's true. Here's why. In a bully's position, and the way a bully thinks because it's an addiction, remember, their pleasure centers completely brighten up like a Christmas tree when they can inflict pain on another, another human being. That's sick. Tons of studies have supported this. And so what happens is as soon as she starts whining about the, the anniversary dinner, mm -hmm. that's just... That's like food. He well, loves this. That kind of tells me why she's withheld it to this point. She knows that probably based on previous experiences that he's going to just trample on what's precious to her. So sure. she's been holding back what really means the most to her. And that was a last ditch effort. Right. And the problem we've got here is that because Fred's a bully, he's addicted to being right. He's addicted to being condescending. He's addicted to hurting other people. That is literally... Uh, the challenge that we've got. That's what bullies do. Keep it in mind that bullies are really closet cowards. They're afraid of being discovered that they're not the perfect intellectual bombshell that everyone, he wants or she wants everyone to perceive. Well, and clearly that's a motivation for Fred here because this is all about him looking good for corporate and it's Nancy's job to make that happen. Let's quickly go over to the Uncle Bob scenario in the family. Right. Is there anything difference between anything different between Bob and Fred. Bob's afraid of being found out. He's using sarcasm and criticism mm -hmm. and condescending to the little nephews and the nieces to make him feel better about feeling rotten. Well, and he might even be in a blasted situation. He might be triggered and therefore acting out in a way that's maladaptive and very dysfunctional at the possible. family gathering. But I would argue, and the other side of this would be, he looks forward to the family gathering because to him, it's his alcohol. Yeah. So in other words, he's getting served up multiple martinis every time he gets into the family dynamics, and then he can start criticizing. And, and not literal mar martinis. It's no, the reward are, of being able to poke 
and be yeah. more sarcastic and that's literally a drug yeah. it's a chemical that gets manufactured internally we call this an endogenous addiction where he's getting um, he's covering pain on a temporary basis so there's a lot of people who think that addictions are to get pleasure I have no research to support that I cannot find it anywhere they argue it but really what's happening is they just stop pain why does morphine feel so darn good in the hospital when after you've had surgery it's because the pain goes away all Fred is doing and all Uncle Bob is doing is they're taking away pain so now let's look at this again and let's give Nancy the ability to have civility with boundaries you know and protecting herself in that environment and see if we can then make that sense make sense of that inside of a family okay so we want to see a solution that Nancy's going to use with toxic Fred yep so Nancy I hope you didn't plan anything tonight because you're working late. Okay, Fred, what am I doing late tonight? I'm going to stop. What did Nancy just do? Different from... Why and complain? Yeah. But Fred, I always work late. I'm tired and I need a break. She's making Fred define, you know, what it is so that she can make sense of that before she goes into victim mode. She's not acting like a victim. She's Good. acting proactive. And okay, so what is it that you really want? Here's the key. She's getting to what matters she most for Fred. She questioned the bully. Yeah. She, she questioned him and took control over the space. So she's protecting her boundaries. The space needs to be safe. And the minute she says neutrally, okay, so she's not going against him. She's actually connecting when she says, okay. Now she's redirecting. So connect and redirect. And in that moment, she took control over the entire conversation, and Fred unknowingly delegated that to her when he gives the answer. So she said, okay, connect, redirect. What is it that I'm doing? And notice there's no resistance at all. She's completely going with it. Right. So instead of facing him and trying to push against him. And getting into a power struggle. She stands to the side, and Fred will kind of start falling forward. Remember, bullies are closet cowards. You only need to question them in a neutral way, and they don't know what to do. Okay. All right. So, so let's, let's Fred, your life. what am I doing late tonight? Crunching numbers for the project launch. What do you think? Notice the sarcasm mm -hmm. and the condescension. You've known about this for a week. Okay. When do you need the numbers? A reiteration of the boundaries. Complete civility in a neutral position, Fred. Well, the VP of sales sent me an email indicating that some corporate bigwigs are flying in next week to review the project launch, and your numbers are critical. When did you say they're arriving? What is she doing right here? She's really defining what is it you need and exactly when do you need it, so that she can then have control of how she's going to meet and 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 satisfy everything and keep her job basically. Bullies thrive in ambiguity. Yeah. Because then they can have yeah. selective memory. Well, and it's control. This is what I meant. Exactly. This is what I said. And she's without any kind of recourse, he's in a position that's higher than hers. And that's the number one um, mitigating circumstance is that it's not fair in the, the power yeah, position. Yeah, it throws right? him off his domination. Okay, so she says, when did you say they were arriving? Now notice Fred. Uh, He's having to think. He's having to process. He doesn't know what to do. Uh, Tuesday afternoon. The meeting is at 3 p.m. in the conference room, and your attendance is mandatory. Okay. I've got that meeting on my calendar. Is there anything besides the numbers you want me to handle? 
uh, yeah, I need about five slides for the keynote presentation. When do you need those? Monday afternoon. Got it. If I have the numbers and the slides are ready for you around 2 p.m. Monday, does that work for you? Okay, this is powerful. Notice the neutrality and notice the narrowing down of what Nancy is going to be doing. There's no issue now of tonight. There's no issue of losing her anniversary dinner. And she never had to mention it. And she's taken the power away from him about him saying, you have to stay late. Right. No, she's getting to what needs to be done and having control over her time. Instead of ambiguity. See, the reality was he never needed those numbers. The reality was she never had to work late. Remember, a bully needs the medicine. He needs the drugs. He needs the alcohol. So in the only way he could get that was putting Nancy down compromising her so his and making her feel helpless right and therefore she went into nice mode and then doormat and mode, victim and mode. victim mode and he stayed in the persecutor's mode now all of that just changed right, let's get back to that so let's do your line again if you yeah got sure. it if i have the numbers and the slides ready for you around 2 p.m monday does that work for you and i leave them like that added phrase it's not just if i have it then but is that going to satisfy you? Because he has to answer yes or, no. yes or no. It's a closed answer that's being required. And he goes, yeah, I guess so. Okay. She's got the commitment from him. And it's a small commitment, mm -hmm. but it's enough for her to have control. Notice what she does now. So if I get you the numbers by Friday afternoon, does that help the situation? So what did she just do? Oh, that word help. She's showing. I am a team member here. And is this going to be good enough for you. But notice she went from Monday to Friday. Mm -hmm. And that makes him look better, mm -hmm. alleviate some stress. Yeah. But who's in charge of the whole thing now? She's totally in control. And he's letting her do it. He's okay with that. It's safe space to him. It's what he really wants. And keep in mind, he's still now getting his drugs. He's just getting them in a healthy way. There's a good space here. Meaning that he's getting the reinforcement of, okay, you know, I, I just can't not think of the office, you know, and Michael and that he's, okay, I'm still going to look good. And that's the, the ultimatum for him is I got to look good to corporate. And here's Fred here. He's going to look good to, he's to corporate. Look good. But uh, okay, there's another aspect here that's critical. Nancy's level of self-respect now parlays directly into how Fred will look at Nancy. The law of reciprocity is now in, in effect. When she respected her time, Mm -hmm. her space mm -hmm. and started directing questions at Fred, you know, cross-examining the bully. Fred will reciprocate the respect back to Nancy. It's just automatic. It happens 95% of the time. The only time it doesn't happen is in cases where they're psychologically so far out, there's nothing you can do, at least that we know of in our current understanding. So self-respect is critical and it will reciprocate. That's civility with boundaries. She's not trying to be liked. She's not trying to get affirmation. She's not trying to get approval. She's trying to get clarity. Yes. And in that space of clarity, wonderful things can happen. So, so you say again, if I get the numbers by Friday afternoon, does that help? Absolutely. That would be wonderful. Okay. I'll need to drop a few things from my punch list in order to accomplish that. Does that work for you? Again, she's getting him to commit to the plan that she set forth for him and that she's giving herself permission to drop other things uh -huh. that are a lower priority because by making his numbers a priority, she's 
saying, I'm going to make you look good. You're going to be fine. And I have control. And I cannot do everything on my list. Right. Too often, and I, when I've coached in, in organizational settings, those people who are being saddled with everything to do don't know how to ask the simple question. And if you want this project done by tomorrow at five, what do you want me not to do in order to do that? What happens is they take it all on. There's so much ambiguity in the space. The ambiguity breeds stress. Stress breeds cortisol. Cortisol then is the flooding agent and all of a sudden bad things continue to happen. You don't sleep well, you don't eat well, you don't feel well, there's constant fatigue, your stomach's all upset. Notice the string of events that moves into a chronic position and we're just beset with chronic illnesses now in the world. Mm -hmm. And so what Nancy is doing is she's, because she's advocating for herself, she will then bring up her true self. That is really her authentic her. Because she has the capacity to do what Fred wants, she's not going to be locked up. Well, she's being able to use a bully repellent yeah. in a sense that she can be her authentic self because he's not going to control her. And so this is like makes me think about the sarcastic Uncle Bob or whoever right. who's just going to throw one out there all, look who just walked in the door, late again as usual. You know, you know, How are you going to use a bully repellent? Are you going to see nothing? Are you going to not look at them? Or are you going to say, well, you know, we're here and glad yeah, to be here. Let's do that. Let's finish up the nasty and let's go back to little Uncle Bob's yeah. sarcastic remark that's just dripping everywhere and just setting everyone up to flood, right? Yep. Okay, so she says, I need to drop a few things in order to accomplish this. It works for you. Now, you could then say, okay, then I'm going to drop X, Y, and Z. That's okay. But I think the point's been made. Fred will say, yeah, great. Thanks for your cooperation. Whereas before, he was telling her what to do. Now he's showing gratitude to Nancy. By the way, you cannot be critical of someone when you look at them through the eyes of gratitude. Nancy just changed the entire paradigm of that space and is now complete control over it because of self-respect. Okay, so coming into that family <clears throat> gathering, even though you know you might be bombarded with some hostility with a bit of gratitude, I mean, are you going to be a doormat? Are you going to be a potential victim if you come back with, I am so grateful we finally made it to this gathering. Sorry we're late. And maybe you don't even need to excuse yourself. But rude to see you and leave it at that. Because you pre-plan knowing that he's there. You don't need to take the bait. You don't need to hand him over all of your energy. So think about this. You don't need to roll your eyes. So as soon as you want, that's <laughs> resistance. Yes. As soon as you walk in the door, if Uncle Bob says, wow, finally you're here, good to see you, late as usual, if you're already in acceptance of where he is, pre-plan how you're going to address him. It's great to see you, Uncle Bob. It sees that you're in fine form again today. Walk away. You don't have to give him your energy. And it, he will have nothing then in which to drink his martini with. Yeah. You just took away his drink. And he also showed a very beautiful sign of civility with boundaries in that space. Right. So moving into it. So let's, let's recap just a few things real quick. These are powerful things. I mean, in the workplace, yeah, powerful. But this will really help to see how we can operate in a family gathering where it could be stressful. So first of all, we, you need to be mindful, going back to an earlier session, on your rules of engagement. Rules of engagement are critical. There's two of them. Safe space, feel felt. So that starts with you. Can you create safe space for yourself? 
are you able to take care of yourself, being civil. Your goal is not to get people to like you. Your goal is to have them trust and respect you. But in order for that to happen, you have to trust and respect yourself. That's where it starts, and that's where civility is. When you are able to pre-plan, so moving into a family dynamic, I know there are some toxic behaviors there. And I'm walking into there and I'm going to pre-plan exactly what I'm going to do, knowing, and let's go to expectation A and B, going back to history, I know Uncle Bob's going to be there. Uncle Bob needs to get some juice turned inside of him by being condescending, sarcastic, and or critical. I'm going to be ready for that. And I'm not going to lease to him any of this healthy energy that I have. I'm going to have a great time. And maybe it's that you're there a shorter amount of time. You can only take so much of Uncle Bob. Or maybe you, you choose a focus of what to accomplish, and that's to have a conversation with somebody right. who usually sits in the corner and needs a little you know, a how, little connection. How many grandmas would love to spend 10 minutes with you with undivided attention? Greatest Christmas gift or holiday gift you could give anyone would be to spend 10 to 15 minutes of undivided time in a neutral position. Grandma, tell me what it was like for you when you had your first holiday or your first Halloween. Oh, sorry. Um, I'm still Halloween <laughs> under my Thanksgiving. So, you know, these are powerful tools that can really help anybody in those situations. And uh, so we're going to wrap this up. We're almost out of time. Um, and stay tuned for the next one because we're going to continue the discussion about families and the holidays. But we're going to bring in the victim trap. We're going to talk about what it means to be a victim or a persecutor or a rescue. So we'll end the, the show today by letting you know if you have any questions, please get a hold of us at coach at humorcenter.com. And you can visit the website at kimmercenter.com and we love to hear from you any comments that you might have so this is uh, the Himmer signing off this is Dr. Richard Himmer along with his bride Sherry and you're listening to Society Vice Radio and authentically you remember you're 100% responsible for your own happiness joy and well-being Amazon Prime members now get free grocery delivery with a minimum order. You'll get your groceries with two-hour delivery. So in that time, you can finally figure out where the biblioteca is, learn how to play the acoustic guitar, and I guess get a puka shell necklace. Do a makeup tutorial but realize halfway contouring is hard, and you're beautiful just as you are. Whatever it is you're doing with your time, your shopper will be carefully picking out your favorite organic meats, produce, dairy, and snacks while providing contactless delivery to your door. Free two-hour grocery delivery, now with Prime. The Medicare annual election period deadline is almost here. I'm Meredith Vieira, here with examples of people who started their search for coverage at MyHealthPolicy.com. Meet Larry. He likes doing things online, so he started at MyHealthPolicy.com. I took my time and found the coverage I was looking for, and done. Next is Mary. When she wanted answers, she picked up the phone. I wanted a local perspective on plans, so I called MyHealthPolicy.com and done. Switched to a better plan. And Michael. I met with a local licensed insurance agent face-to-face and done. Go to MyHealthPolicy.com to compare top-rated Medicare Advantage plans in your area, including $0 premium plans, or call 1-800-GO-START. That's 1-800-GO-START. Meredith Vieira is a paid endorser. KF Agency operates MyHealthPolicy.com, not connected with or endorsed by the U.S. government or the federal Medicare program. A licensed insurance agent may call.